0: Yudbet Tammuz Tavshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm we like to say in the mixed, Yiddish, um, Hebrew, English, that's a classic, Shiba Classics. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome, one and all, welcome in to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here with you live, as we are each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which is at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and in Israel it is 4 p.m., and we welcome everybody who is listening live? But we also tell you and encourage you that if you're not listening live next week or the other week, or if you know other people, you can listen whenever you want. It's all there on demand. On demand at the Nachum Siegel Network website Siegel dot com. to dot com. Got a shows, archives. You can do the same via the Nachum Siegel Network app and. Um, on iTunes you can subscribe to the podcast of The Israel Show and get it delivered to you automatically every week and we hope you do. We thank all your input, so much comment, so so many of you comment and have a lively discussion via our Facebook page facebook.com/theisraelshow facebook.com/theisraelshow. We post links to all the songs that we played during the show. Every week, a few hours after the show is over, you can find the links and you can listen to the music whenever you want. We thank you for your likes. We're up to 391. We're heading to 400. It's very exciting. It's good for the show. It's important. It, it um, The more likes one gets for the page and for posts, um, the higher the rank in Facebook and the more the posts that we put up get shared with more people. I know it's a crazy system, but that's the way it is. So we thank you for... Um, for having a look, taking a look, having a listen, and giving us a like. Um, you know, the sad news is that um, yesterday in an accident, we lost uh, a young Israeli soldier. And um, in addition to the uh, um, depths of that tragedy, we aired another level that um, this young man Sergeant Shlomo Windenau, is a Um is from this area here, where we are broadcasting from. He's from New Jersey. Uh, his family is obviously a very Zionist committed family. Uh, if I if I got it correctly, he's the fifth child so far in the family to leave the United States and volunteer in Sahel. He was buried earlier today. The family asked people to come. The burial was in um, the a Kibbutz or moshav, Netzer Sireni. Um, hard to get people to come necessarily in the middle of the summer or in a area, non-central area, but 500 people did come. 500 people, that's very beautiful. 500 strangers, you understand, um, who came to be with the family during their time uh, of grief. So we remember him. Sergeant Shlomo Windenau, from this area, uh, there was another soldier killed as well. In that attack, it, it wasn't an attack. I, you know, it's it's funny. We're used to automatically saying attack, but it, w- it wasn't an attack. Uh, it was an accident, and that happens in all armies in all wars. Accidents do happen. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the second soldier because I don't want to leave him out. Um, here it is. It's um, Staff Sergeant. Hussam Tafish of Beit Jan I believe that he is a Druze um member of the Druze religion yes he is um Beit Jan is a Jewish village the Druze are a separate religion I think we've discussed this in the past and they serve in the military and in, in the police in fact uh, way back when there was that massacre at uh, the shul in Harnof during Shacharis, five people were killed the policeman who who um, came to on the scene and shot and was unfortunately then killed was a Druze uh, policeman. So we have a tremendous hakarat hatov to the Druze. And I wanted to mention his name, Sergeant staff sergeant Hussam Tafish of Bejan, who was also killed in that accident. Um, I'm going to go some new music. This is new for me. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure how new it is, but it came up on one of those websites that sends us new music. It's called Im'Ein Anili, and it is sung by the Solomon Brothers. Now, I was wondering as I was looking at it, Solomon Brothers, Solomon Brothers, who are they? And then it sort of dawned on me, maybe they're the kids of Ben Sion Solomon of the Espray Band fame, and lo and behold, they are. I did some searching. These are superbly talented I mean there's music in the genes in that family that's for sure superbly talented they're starting um, a musical career they perform in Israel and uh, look up on, online you'll find them we will post of course the link to this particular song later on during the day on our Facebook page so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did I think it's a very cool song it's called Ein Anili and we are debuting it here live on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: Salon, Mega me atagaron. I'm a spider, I'm a I'm <laughs>
0: call, cool, no? <laughs> the Salmon Brothers Im Ain Anili. Has it come off an album? I don't know. Don't see that. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, the world is like going crazy. Have you noticed? Uh we have this, this attack in uh in Nice, France. When was that? That was on Thursday night where um, Islamic radical drives a truck into a crowd of celebrants and kills over 80 people. And yep, it's France yet again. They are reaping what they sowed. As um, they kept letting in Muslims to become citizens of France to the point that I believe it's 20% now. And um, they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with it, as will the rest of Europe. Anyway, then on Friday night, (laughs) crazy as, (laughs) just crazy. Friday night, there was an attempted coup in Turkey, and it did not succeed. It was rather bungled. They did a pretty bad job. I mean, if you're going to do a coup, 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 if you're going to try a coup, a coup d'etat, to overthrow the government, you should plan it out a little better than what they did. You're going to need more men, more army. You're going to actually, and, and most commentators said this, their biggest mistake was that they did not, the first thing you do in a coup is you grab the leadership. And you neutralize them. And uh, they did not do that. In fact, Erdogan, the uh, president of uh, Turkey, made his way back, sent a message to the people and landed in, in the middle of the coup, he landed at the airport. I don't know how they let him do that. Now there are reports that the the, um, rebels' aircraft had, Erdogan's aircraft, in their sights and could have shot him down and didn't and nobody understands why and 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 I would I would venture to say that if they would have shot down Erdogan's plane, this might have ended differently. Anyway, how does this affect Israel? So let's go back for a moment to um, to a couple of things historically, and and see how all of this has a tremendous effect on Israel. Turkey is one of the largest, if not the largest countries that are right next to Israel they have a large and very good army they are key they have a key strategic geopolitical place in the Middle East and they are very important to be aligned that the state of Israel should be aligned with them however just like Iran, Turkey is turning radical Islamic. So let's, let's now push back a little bit, go back a little bit and see the wider view. Of the three religions, what we'd call the three monotheistic religions, just for the name right now, Judaism believes that there is a king and there is a navi, and they sort of are there together. The king rules. The Navi tries to keep him within the Torah's moral and ethical ways. But the king can do things against the Torah. The king could decide to kill somebody, the king can decide that a certain tax has to be levied, or the king can decide that a certain uh, Gezerah should be put on the people or taken off the people, etc. He has that power. In fact, as um, Ravuri Shirki of Mahon Meir points it out in one of his Shirin, if we would bring it to today's day, the king is not a Rosh Hashiva. The king is is very much a military man, very much a fighter, but are you a shemayim and a shomer vote? But he's not necessarily a rabbi, and the navi is there to keep him on the straight and narrow. In Christianity, Christianity has a different viewpoint. Christianity says, "My religion has nothing to do with government. I don't want, I don't want any involvement." It's a famous quote: "Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's." Meaning. Let the government, let let the goyim, let the uh, let the um, secular, let whoever it is, let them govern. Let them do whatever they want. I don't. Only thing I want to have is the ability to worship, the freedom to do my religion. I don't want to have anything to do with government. Totally separate. On some level, that's America. Separation of church and state. Total separation. Islam is exactly the opposite. Islam says the religion is the government. The government represents the Islamic religion. They're not separated. And so the head of the government is the quote-unquote chief rabbi. You know, the 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 Khomeini, the right? The religious leader. Now, in the Middle East, where all of these Islamic countries exist there were decades ago two non-islamic countries countries that had a lot of muslims but they were the government was secular one was iran and until the overthrow of the shah iran and israel had an incredible relationship incredible i mean it's hard even to imagine there were israelis living in Iran. There were companies that had headquarters in Iran. I mean, branches, Israeli companies that had branches in in Iran, and and there was a a, a very um, active um, trade. There was very active trade between Iran and Israel. It was really a very close and fabulous relationship. And then the Islamic radicals came, Ayatollah Khomeini, and that was the end of that, and now we're at of Iran that wants to have a nuclear bomb to, to, to throw on Israel. Turkey, too, was a secular state. There was a revolution in Turkey way back when. The name that you hear often is Ataturk. He was the head of that revolution. And the whole Ataturk revolution was that Turkey is not an Islamic state. It's a secular state where Muslims live and so again israel had a wonderful relationship with turkey they had joint military uh, exercises they had trade and there it, it, it was really really a f- wonderful grounded relationship and then comes erdogan and his agenda is now clear he wants to undo this secular revolution that that took turkey you know 100 years ago whatever it was he wants to make turkey into an islamic country and he is doing it slowly but surely and he is a dictator he's a tyrant he uh, imprisons the uh, journalists there are dozens of journalists imprisoned in uh, turkey he totally switches He he has totally changed, revolutionized the court system. He's thrown out or killed judges that he didn't like and put in judges that he does like. The entire country is being turned around, and he will ultimately, if not overthrown, become a dictator. He really closed down the relationship between Israel and Turkey. He waited for the right opportunity, and then he did it, and there was no coming back until recently. Why? Not because... They recognize that Israel is an ally with Turkey. No, because they needed Israel. So when you need Israel, you can sign an agreement with her, even if it's a lie, even if it's a short-term thing. That's within the Islamic um, rules. I believe it's called a hudna. And so, even though there was a little bit of a rapprochement, Turkey's going in a direction that's very bad for Israel. And so, on some level, when the coup began, I was hoping that it would succeed. And the the army would return the secularist Turkey back to where it was, rather than the Islamic Turkey that that Erdogan is taking it to. And that's why... The failure of the coup is very bad for Israel because now Erdogan is using this as an excuse to crack down even more, to arrest more journalists, to kill the people in the army that he doesn't like. He did it already. He he summarily fired hundreds of of judges and, and replaced them with other judges so that the court system should be the way he wants it. The failure of the coup is not good for us. I must say that, yet again, the United States, wow. (laughs) How does the United States do this every time? Back the wrong person. The United States backed Erdogan. Because uh, President Obama and Erdogan are buddies. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I don't understand these things anymore. But anyway, I just wanted to share with you, and I did share with you, some of these insights about the uh, occurrence the Turkey-Israel relationship and the whole Israel-Middle East relationship, the idea of secular countries where Muslims live versus Muslim countries like Iran is today. And let us hope and pray that things get better rather than getting worse. Uh, New music, relatively new. Shlomo Artsy and Yishai Rebo. Wow, a, a duet. Yishai Rebo is such a sought-after young singer in Israel. Here is this uh, young man with a beard, with a big black yarmulke from Guy, who is singing duets with Idan Reichel, with Shlomo Artsy, with uh, Harel Scott. It's it's really fantastic, and it's so beautiful to see. to see this, to see the ability of the music to melt away some of the divisions between Israelis. Listen to the words as well. Um Atahu It's 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 very it it's heartwarming and very emotional. So this is called Veha uh, emet Shlomo Arty and Rebo. it's off of Shlomo Arty's album Katsefet. My name is Mayor Weingart and you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: kas bin ayday man yomel ma I am a shepherd child. I am a shepherd child of והאמת שאתה יחידה שאתה יחידה ואתה יופי ואהצער אז מי שולח אז מנו בד היחידה אז
3: מנו בד
2: והאמת שום מית או שתיים. See, Boba, how do you Mecha pesota, makeshem as manchomek, me toch tambutagas, we rahe
0: Shlomo Artsi, Yishayi Ibo, a duet v'ha'emet. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Zoshan, the Nachum Single Network. Thank you very much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We are sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Oh, this week is a special Nefesh Benefesh week. Today, today, a Nefesh Benefesh charter flight with hundreds of olim, is leaving the USA, will be arriving in Israel tomorrow, Tomorrow. and um, Nachum Siegel is escorting the group, yes, Nachum will be on the plane, will be recording interviews with the passengers, with the Olim, and that will be played for the first, I believe, hour and a half, first 90 minutes, I think of J.M. and the A.M. tomorrow. So tune in to that because it, it promises to be amazing. Of course, once they arrive in Israel, the overwhelmingly joyous ceremony, welcome ceremony, where hundreds of Israelis, family members of the Olim, come to the airport and shower the Olim with a tremendous love and uh, helps them to uh, begin their Aliyah and make it smooth. Um and, and we're just very, very proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Um tune in for a week of programming. Nahum is gonna do an entire week of programs from Israel. From the um Nefesh Benefesh flights, then um they're gonna be visiting Regavim, which is an awesome organization what they they work through the legal channels to save the land of Israel literally the land of Israel because what's happening throughout Israel is that whether it's the Palestinian Arabs or the uh or the Bedouins or others they're literally Doing, having land grabs, they they go and they build, and then they say, well, you know, if you try to touch me, I'm going to make a big uh, a stink, and there's going to be violence. And the Israelis are afraid to start up with that, and they don't want the world to to think that we're throwing out non-Jews and so forth and so on. The European Union is funneling money into the Palestinian Authority for them to go and build, and in many many cases, build illegally on land that doesn't belong to them, and it's going to be very hard for Israel to get the land back. So what Rigavim does, amongst other things, is use the legal system to block all these land grabs and to try and get back some of the land that the Arabs illegally took. So Nahum is going to be visiting with them. Oh, and he'll be with... N- you know, NCSY, I believe, by my count, and... and I think those of you uh, who've been listening for a while know that um, I have a day job. My involvement in JAM and the AM and the Israel show is voluntary. And um, my day job is Ariel Tours. It's a uh, wholesale tour operator group movement to Israel. And uh, our largest client, without a doubt, is the NCSY Summer Programs. We have been involved with them for decades. They are amazing and they have over a 1,000 kids in Israel right now for the summer on various different programs for different levels, and uh, from from a group called TJJ, which is for public school kids, to uh, a group called Kolel, where um, young men are sitting and learning half a day in yeshiva, and in the afternoon they're having a great time with sports and Tulum and other stuff, and everything in between. So... Nachum is going to be visiting with them on Thursday and Friday. I believe that Thursday is what they call Yom NCSY. It's the day where all the can- all the NCSY programs get together in one place and have a huge concert and event. It's just awesome. And so Nachum is going to be there. And by the way, Yom NCSY can be seen live, it's going to be broadcast on the internet live. So I don't have the exact link. I'll try and post it later. But just go to um, ncsy.org, I guess. I'll try and find it. And um, click on the camps or uh, um, the summer camps um, link. Or just do a Google Google, Yom N-C-S-Y, Y-O-M-N-C-S-Y, and you'll find it. And then Nachum on Monday will be at Yeshivat Makor Chayim. That is the uh, school in Alon Shvut. Headed by Rav Steinsaltz, it became famous through tragedy. The uh, two of the three young men who were kidnapped and killed were uh, studying there. In fact, they were on their way home from school at the Tomat Hagush when they got kidnapped. And Nachum's going to be there. So, you know what? Just amazing, amazing jam-packed program, uh, jam-packed week of Israel programming Brought to you by Nachum Siegel and the Nachum Siegel Network. Listen, enjoy. You can listen live. You can listen on the uh, archives. Just go to nachumsegel.com and, um, and and you will enjoy it. And speaking of flying to Israel, as Nachum and his crew is, you know, El Al. I don't know how many. I I don't know when it stopped, and I don't know how many you remember it. But once upon a time, when the plane landed in Israel. They had a, a, a an amazingly uplifting uh, song that they played over the PA system. I think it was Heveinu Shalom Aleichem. But it was done very well and it was very catchy. And it really got you. You really felt, wow. You know, it made that experience so special. You're landing in Israel. Touchdown. Anyway... Um, a while ago, they decided to stop that. and I, I, I don't know what they used, but recently, Elal decided that they needed a new landing song. I think that's what they call it, the landing song. A song that they're going to play when they land in Israel. And they had a contest. And they asked various um, performers and art school, music schools, and so forth to submit proposals. And um, then they had people vote. And they chose this song. It's called Chazarta Habaita. You've returned home. Am I blown away by it? I, I gotta say, not yet. Maybe with in time, I, I'll get to it. You know, I'll get more into it. But most people are on the plane when they land. I don't know that they they've known the song before, so it's got to really hit you the first time. But that's what they chose, and uh, I want to share it with you here. Khazarta uh, HaBaita, the new El Al landing song, debuting here on the Israel Show, and my name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
4: Chazarte HaBaita Shabataka over the leu shenga. Gaza ta baita. Gibakta הביתה כי יש גאגו על I'm <laughs> not
0: <laughs> that was Sapir Wallach, Yonatan Petachia, and Tom Belkind uh, with the new El Al song "Chazar Tahabaita." My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to this show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every Yom Yerushalayim, I have the privilege to join Nachum Siegel on Jamie in the AM, and we play for you the sounds of uh, that were recorded live as um, the Jewish Army we entered Yerushalayim for the first time in. A little less than two thousand years, and one of the clips that we play is of Chief Chaplain, the Chief Rabbi of Tzahal, Rav Shlomo Goren, who was the uh, founding chaplain. He's the one who created the parts of the army that make it Jewish, that they all keep kosher, and how they keep kosher, and how a base has an Erev and 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 all these uh, all these issues and uh, as the um, as the army is making its way into the old city toward the uh, Har HaBayit Goran is carrying a sefer torah and a shofar he is with the troops running with the troops in battle taking fire and screaming out sukim to encourage the soldiers here's a uh, Here's a, a short clip of what uh, what it sounded like. This is this was live. This was uh, exactly as it happened on Chav uh,
1: 1967.
2: <laughs>
0: It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing clip, and it 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 shows you how Rav Goren saw himself as the chief rabbi or the chief chaplain of the army, not just as one who facilitates whatever services the um, religious soldiers need, but he saw himself as someone whose job would be to go into battle with the soldiers and give them the encouragement, the chizuk, that would help them win the battle. After Avgoren retired from the army and then he became Chief Rabbi of Tel Aviv and then Chief Rabbi of Israel, those who came after him viewed the job differently. They didn't see the 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 job of the rabbi, of the chaplain of the army, as someone who had to do with the fighting. He didn't really have anything to do with the fighting. He had to make sure that the food is kosher, that the Erev is up, that the shul in the in, on the army base is, is properly stocked, that the... Um, in, 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 almost in this trivial way, they make it. You know, he's got to make sure they have uh, a, a wine or grape juice on Friday night, and so forth. Kasher the kitchens for for Pesach. He he's totally a, a, a totally clerical job. An important job, one that allows religious people to to be religious in the army, but one that is really. Not part of the army, it's sort of tangential, it's on the side. It has nothing to do with the battles, it has nothing to do with the morale of the soldiers. It is a technical supplying of religious services. I assume that's the way it is in the American army as well. By the way, another thing in the Rabanut of course, was the whole issue of burial, that also was part of the Rabbanut, Um identifying bodies, burial, and so forth. And then, um, several years ago, a new chapl- chief chaplain, chief rabbi of the army came along. His name was Rav, Avich- is Rav Avichai Ronsky. He, as a young man, was a fighter. I believe he was in the Tzanchanim. He was... Uh, a man of the, of the Shetach, he was in the battlefield. And he decided that the, the army chaplaincy in Israel, the Rabbanot Tzva'it, shouldn't just be this very sterile kind of um, service provider. Here's your kosher food, here's your wine, here's your Arab and so forth. But rather, his job is sort of like, uh, I think they likened it to the chama his job was to be within the, the fighting forces, to encourage them, to give them the, the um, spiritual tools, not just the kosher tools, not just the kashrut services tools, but the spiritual tools to bring up their morale, to raise their morale so that they go into battle as a better fighter because they understand that they're fighting for a Jewish state and what does that mean and what does it mean to be a Jew and so forth. And uh, during the one war when Ravronsky was uh, was the chief chaplain, that was uh, Operation Cast led, There are many, many amazing stories of uh, how he went with the soldiers into dangerous battles and gave them the chizuk. And I remember the story we spoke about it way back then on JAM and the AM where uh, the the battle started on Motzei Shabbat. So on Shabbat they were all at the border, amassing at the border, the troops were, and um, Ravronsky had all the chaplains arranged for for tefilat mincha. On Shabbat, and you need to say for Torah, and they brought Seferi Torah. And so many of the soldiers who may not all be religious in, in, in the way we would necessarily look at it, Orthodox, but are Sephardic and come from a tradition of Misorati, of, of a, a tremendous respect for religion, a love of religion, even if they don't keep it the way, the way we do in mainstream Orthodoxy today. And as the Sefer Torah were passing from place to place, the soldiers ran out of the buses that they were in to kiss the Sefer Torah. They asked the Rav to give them a bracha. Not in the sense of, you know, oh, give me a bracha, but to give them a, a um invocation, if you will, a rally cry. And they did. And then the Rabbanim went into battle with the soldiers. That means these are Rabbanim that when they were younger, they were soldiers. They, they were battle-scarred. And so they went in with the soldiers and helped raise their morale and helped their spiritual well-being. And what happened was, there were a part of the leadership of Tzahal that said, I don't like that. I don't want the rabbi mixing in with my, with what I'm in charge of. I'm not telling him how to do kashrut. I don't want him mixing in with the battle. I don't want him walking around with sifrei Torah. I don't want that. Also, the rabbinate during Ravronsky's time had um, a division. They were in charge of a division of education. And they would... Um, the army, that's part of the army in Israel where they have... Certain days and weeks where the soldiers get educated, and the higher they go in the rank, the more time is given to education. And so the rabbanut was giving over part of these lectures and educational experiences. And there were those who were against that as well. No, the Rabanut shouldn't be involved in that. The rabbanut should just be the functionary, give out your kosher meals. <laughs> you know, make sure. That, I don't mean that. Give out your kosher meals. I mean, make make sure the kitchen is kosher and kashrut for Pesach, and make sure the Erev is up, and the shul has this, you know, Sefer Torah. They wanted the rabbis back, back in the shuls, if you will, and out of the battlefields. And the current Ramat Kal, the current chief of Staff, Gadi Eizenkat, he is of that, of, of that bend. He doesn't want the Rabbanim The chief, the rabbis of the uh, Israel Defense Forces Rabbinate, to be involved in any aspect other than the purely halachic. All this comes to four because a new chief rabbi of Sahal has been appointed. His name is Harav Eyal Karim, or Krim. Uh, This is a uh, fifty. 57, 59-year-old man, Rav, who's just amazing. He was an officer in the infantry division. He was a very well-regarded officer and commander. He was actually a commander of the Sayer Tsanchanim, of the elite Tsanchanim brigade. And um, he has a rank of a colonel, which is very high and then he left the army and he went to yeshiva he went to yeshiva to learn most people who are on a career path in the army want to you know make it up in the ranks and so forth he decided that that's fine but he's going to leave he went to yeshiva he got smicha and he um, was one of the rashi yeshiva and yeshiva had teret Kohanim, he published Sifrei halacha. and then when Ravronsky was appointed chief rabbi he asked Ayal Karim to join him because he saw in Ayal Karim the type of Rav that he wanted—one who was in the field, one who was a fighter, one who could join the troops in the battle, and 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 be the rabbi there. Tremendous controversy as a result of certain um, writings of Rav Karim have, uh, you know. There are those in Israel who are just—they don't really care about truth or or, or even handedness or anything. They they if they want to kill someone off, so to speak, not literally, to put an end to his career or his appointment, they'll find something from a hundred years ago that he wrote that they don't understand because they're not into halacha, and they'll twist it and turn it and put a headlines a headlines last week in Idiot Achronot, that were not only disgusting, but they were just lies. They were absolute lies about things that Rav Krim wrote. But they didn't want him there because those who want the rabbinate to be a weak, meek, kashrut division don't want somebody who was a colonel and and a, and a commander of the Tzanchanim. How this will turn out I don't know. At the end of the day after many meetings and so forth the um, Gadi Eisenkot approved Harav Eyal Karim to be the chief rabbi. Was there an understanding between them what his role will be? Will it be the Ravronsky role or not? I don't know. I guess time will tell. We will find out. And um, We'll we'll keep you uh we'll keep you apprised. But I think it was important to share with you this perspective, these two different um notion, the two different ideologies of what is the what the role of the rabbinate in an army, in a Jewish army, what is the role of the rabbi? And to see how it has changed, shifted back and forth between Rav Goran and, and Rav Navon, and then Rav, Rav Ronsky and Rav Peretz and um, how for the first time at least the way I see it it's it's become a public debate and um, we are more aware of these undercurrents in the Israeli army so I hope that helps understand some of what's going on in Israel Okay, we're going to end off should we end off with a song? yeah, let's end off with a song Of course we're going to end off with a song. We always end off with a song. Uh, Just got to figure out which one. Mm. You know what? We'll go with uh, Golden Oldie. How's that? Okay? I hope you don't mind. Kan. Kan no ladati. We're going to do that one. Okay? Uh, We have a few minutes to go. Well, no. We have to really wrap up. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say thank you before we get to the wrap-up song. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please spread the word. Anyone you know that might be interested in this type of show, please tell them about it. Whether they listen live or most people can't listen live, many people can download it um, from com, from the app, from iTunes. Please share and tell everybody about it. Um, The only way for the show to continue is for it to grow and gain An audience, and so unabashedly, I say, go out there and help us get more listeners and more likes and so forth. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel, wishing him (laughs) se'itchem leshalom, vachem leshalom, as he leaves this afternoon on the nefesh benefesh charter flight. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by Headlines with. David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jay and the A.M., this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.